What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? They take their listeners from surviving to thriving. I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast brought to you by Future Focused Parenting. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Raising Adults podcast. We really hope that you have recovered as we have recovered from the Epic Mom Fails episode. (laughs) I did not cry myself to sleep that night. Fear not. That's a victory. Not even a little. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, But we are really happy to be back with you in 2020, and we hope the start of your year is going well. Um, You may have noticed we did not do any advertising in the last episode, so we're going to do some now. Um, So, friends, if you have not checked out our online courses, please do. You can go to the shop section of our website and find those. They're awesome. They're amazing. We've talked all about them. Um, but they really are just packed with great, great tools. And we like our steps and we like our word funsies. And we just make it really easy to implement something new and really take some steps to feel more empowered as a parent. Mm-hmm. So encourage you to check those out. Don't forget, you still get your discount. Raising adults, all caps, all one word will get you an extra 15% off. So be sure to check those out. Okay, we're going to talk about lying today, and I'm just excited to hear your why. I really am. I'm excited (laughs) for our listeners to hear your why, because listeners, this is going to blow your mind. So Dina Thayer, (laughs) tell us, when it comes to kids and lying, what was your why? I'm really excited to tell you, and I'm hoping you will recreate the beautiful shock (laughs) that I gave you before we started recording. It was something to behold. So my why is I was a terrible liar as a kid. Like, horrific. (laughs) I mean, mind blowing. Yeah, I feel like less of what I said was true than false (laughs) for a few years there. And I really dug into that as a young adult and wanted to understand it. And I'm going to talk more about that today because that's a big piece of what I want to share. But I was determined that I would not have liars for children. Now, I want to say you can't totally be in charge of that. I mean, that needs to be said up front. But my why really drove me. I was like, oh, I did this all over the place. And I want to create an environment where truth telling is so wonderful that they want to gravitate toward that, that they see the benefits of that and won't even be interested in this other side. But yeah, I was, I mean, we're talking everything from did you brush your teeth to like inventing injuries. I mean, ridiculous. (laughs) Kira is rarely speechless, but all that happened right there was some small noise. I don't know. I so I I am resisting the urge to therapize you right now. I like <laughs> want to understand. Do you have a question? I have a I have a lot of questions. <laughs> okay, here's what I need to know. Okay. I need to know like what you were thinking. Like what were you thinking? And yeah, that's where I want to start. Like what were, what was what I was thinking? happening in that little brain because you are the last person on earth I would have expected to hear that from. You're so full of integrity. You're one of the people I know who has the highest integrity. It's something I respect about you so much. So I'm surprised, but I can see how that might lead you to live a, a uh-huh. life filled with integrity. But like, so w- what were you thinking? Like, I mean, what, what was the 
Like, <laughs> I'm really glad you said that I am now a person of character. At least you can tell I've recovered nicely. But it is part of why I've swung so far. I care so much about this because I didn't care enough about it when I was younger. What was I thinking? It was generally one of two things. And I'm really glad you asked because it is important to understand why children lie because most people do not do something that doesn't give them some kind of payoff. They would not continue it if it was not effective at something. Mm -hmm. And so for me, my two drivers, especially in the preteen years when it was at its worst, like middle school, preteen and early teen, is laziness. So if I tell the truth, it's going to result in work for me then I will lie because I've seen even with my own, a lot of kids go through that kind of just, ugh, I want the minimal effort. So for things like, did you brush your teeth? If I knew my mom wasn't going to go check if my toothbrush was dry, I would just go with, yeah. But then she started doing the, well, let me smell your breath. So that's when that, that didn't work out. <laughs> wasn't strawberry scented. <laughs> no, it wasn't good. It was not a good situation. I was like, well, fine. I, I wouldn't even do it. I was like, I'm not going to subject her to that. I'll right. just go brush my teeth. But so that would be one. It's like, okay, if I can get out of something some work. And the other one would be attention. I did acting and musical theater as a young person. I loved to be in the limelight. I had no, I mean, why do you think I majored in public speaking? How many people major in speech? Like, it's just, it's like one of the greatest fears in America. Mm -hmm. And I was like, more please. (laughs) (laughs) So I think if I could get people looking at me, caring about me, wondering what was going on, I thrived on that. Mm. I think that says a lot of other things that are kind of sad about what wasn't happening. But I have to be honest, that was it was an attention grab a lot of the time. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) I'm still speechless. (laughs) Wow. Okay, I'm going to digest. I'm going to sit on my side of the mic. Are you going to tell us your why while you chew on my why? That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about my why and I'm going to let my subconscious just chew and unpack all of that. Sounds good. Okay. So my why was, and I think I've talked about this before, but my my parents raised me with a ton of freedom and a ton of trust. Um, And it was all within this caveat of you ruin it once and it's all over, you know, and it was never said, but that was the impression I always got was that you have built a great amount of trust with us. And as a result, you get all these privileges that none of your friends have. I had no curfew. Mm -hmm. Parties were at my house. You know, there were all these things that I was allowed to do that my friends weren't um, because I was honest, because they could trust me. And that was really effective. And it also built just this amazing relationship with my parents. And I wanted that with my kids. I wanted them to know that the trust between us was far more important than anything else, that it would continue to earn them privileges. Mm -hmm. It would create this positive relationship between us. Um, That was just paramount to me. And so lying was something that we were, from the get-go, really, really passionate about preventing. That makes great sense. And I love what your parents did. It actually resonates with me a lot because, you know, I have some similar things. Yeah. And there's some big payoff later when when you do it like that. I can attest. So. Okay, wait, I have another question. Oh, of course. Okay. So how do you feel about it now when you look back? Oh, horrified. I mean, horrified with all three <laughs> syllables. <laughs> Embarrassed. Equal weight on yes. all three cringeworthy like oh no I mean it makes me want to make a face I like like I've just eaten a sour I don't know I it's the worst so it's one of those things from childhood that we all have where you look back and you're like 
Oh my gosh. Yes, face palm. Yes. That. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. I think those are my questions. I might have more. I don't know. <laughs> those are the I'm warm-up still, I'm questions. still sort of like gobsmacked by it. It's literally like I've met a new person. Mm. Um, and, I mean, but not in a bad way because you are who you are now and I adore who you are now. But it's just a fascinating <laughs> – that's a fascinating little quirk about you. I mean, it's a I feel privileged to know that. <laughs> and now everyone else knows too. That's right. Super How brave fun. of you. <laughs> Super fun. Okay. So should we talk hows? Sure. Okay. Let's. Till I start. Okay. Okay. Um, So one of the things that we did in our house from the get-go was make it really clear that a lie constitutes an extra consequence. So now, not only do you have a consequence for the thing that you did Mm -hmm. that you shouldn't have done, you also get a consequence for lying. Um, And it, my kids aren't liars. Um, In fact, I'm really not convinced that they've ever lied, but those were conversations we had early on. Mm-hmm. So when they would come to us with the truth or they'd own up to something, we would say, like, I am so proud of you for being brave and telling me the truth. Yes. I would always rather hear something hard than not hear something at all. I feel like I stole that from you. I think maybe you said that Just once. applauding you silently. <laughs> golf, golf clap. Um, and then we would say, you know, what's great about telling the truth is if you had lied to me, then I would have to give you an extra consequence. But because you were honest, we're only going to do X, mm-hmm. Y, or Z. And sometimes I would even really soften or let yes. the consequence go entirely because I really wanted them to learn, come tell me. It's okay to tell me. I will always make you feel like you did the right thing. Um, and so I think that was really key. And and one of the reasons that, honestly, we, we have very, very honest kids, they know. I'd, and, and they say to me when they come to me, Mommy, I really want to tell you the truth about something. And it's hard for me to tell you. But mm-hmm. I know you'd rather hear something hard than not hear something at yes. all. So yes. it's nice to hear those words sort of repeated back. This I, – I, we did the same thing, so I'm not going to belabor that. But what I want to just – piggyback on and and share with our listeners is you will see the fruit of this later. I'm so glad. That's why I was like golf clapping over here. Our listeners couldn't see it. But it pays off so much in creating an environment where it's safe to talk about hard things and and instead of having that feeling of like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in so much trouble. And I don't want to tell my parents that the first thought is instead like, I need to tell my parents. <laughs> that that is the exact environment I wanted to create. So we did the same thing the extra consequence, but also super rewarding. We've talked about this before, like the positive of the virtue rather than the negative of the vice, really rewarding the truth. And it almost removed the need to punish a lie because there just weren't many of them. I had times where my kids were like maybe sneaky, like trying to be on their tablet after bedtime or whatever when it's supposed to be lights out or I mean, something like that, but like rarely, I mean, I can't even think of one right now, like a bold faced lie. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't agree more. Another thing I want to make sure our listeners hear is that it's actually a developmental milestone when kids learn to lie. And so it's it's important to just remind yourself that does not mean it's okay, but it does represent something amazing in their brain. So you can comfort yourself. Oh, they've reached this new place, mm-hmm. but now we need to deal with that. And the reason is, is it takes them until... I mean, it kind of varies on when, I mean, even even preschoolers will sometimes try a lie, but when they figure out that, oh, people believe what I say, so I can say something and even if it's not true, they might believe me. So for them to make all those connections is actually a big like developmental leap. Yeah. Well, it's when they realize their thoughts are private. Yes. Right? <laughs> that like, oh, you can't 
you, you're not listening to what's in my head. Yeah. That means I can know one thing and say another. Right. And yeah. they don't have to match. And you might not know that. Right. So it's it's actually, yeah, it's, it's just good to know that's a really normal place for them to get. It actually represents a developmental milestone, but then it does need to be dealt with. Right. And this is the thing I think I love that you've normalized the transition that happens, but I'm always sort of floored when I see parents have normalized this behavior. Absolutely. You know, like like this is somehow to be expected. And I think it comes back to, we talk about this a lot, like setting those high expectations for your kids because they are capable of meeting yes. them. Yes. And so, you know, is it are, are we saying that your kid is never going to lie to you? No, of course. That like they're going to test those Probably boundaries. Probably try it out at least. Yeah, that's like yeah. what it is, right? But how you handle it around my expectation of you is this. Mm-hmm. And wow, you didn't meet that expectation and I know you can. Like I know you're capable of that and I want to trust you. It's about the things you want to give them. I want to trust you. I want to give you privileges. I want, you know, all this positive stuff that you're trying to give them and how the lie impacts those positive things instead of it being, you lied to me, you know, you're a terrible Mm -hmm. kid and blah, blah, blah. And like the focus on the negative, it's really more about creating that positive, positive, positive and celebrating positive, positive so that when it happens, it's like, oh, but I love this positive and now we're in this situation. How do we get back to the mm-hmm. positive, encouraging them back toward that instead of shaming, blaming, you yep. know, all that kind of stuff? Because I think that almost can even then perpetuate it. Mm-hmm. It's like, totally. oh, well, I'm going to get come down on anyway, even mm-hmm. for whatever I've done. Right. So it's not scary to compound it with a lie because maybe I'll actually get away with the lie and have less consequences. And it can almost set up an environment where it's appetizing to try to be deceitful. Yeah. Well, and I think what you said earlier about your own childhood, that some kids use it as a means of getting negative attention, mm-hmm. right? So if you are blowing up and all of a sudden all the focus is on you and all the time is being spent with you over this thing, they're going to do it again because they're getting what they what they need. So looking at that, you know, looking at wh- if it goes beyond a single incident here, you know, maybe a few years later, there's another one. But if you're seeing consistent lying to really look at What's the attention situation in the house? Mm-hmm. Is my kid getting the positive attention that they need? Are we sending messages of building trust and responsibility? And in exchange, you get these privileges because yes. I trust you. You know, I think that there's this buildup that's so important to create that exists in all the moments they're not lying. That's right? right. It's what you're doing all day, every day when this situation isn't, isn't present, happening. So yeah. that when it happens, you have this foundation that you're referring to. Yes. And you have way more things in that bucket than in the hard, yucky lying bucket, right? And I think it even comes down to things like how you respond just when you hear from them. I mean, if you have, uh, I, I have older kids, so this is often how I think of it, but when my kids call, am I happy to hear from them? Am I, oh, hi, how are you? Not just, what do you need? You know, if they feel dismissed, they will sometimes, I, I've seen this over and over with teens who are maybe more habitual liars. If they feel dismissed in everyday life, they're very willing to throw a rock in the pond and watch the ripples. I'll create a shock value then with some crazy lie. So really creating an environment where it's like we are having such a great interaction day to day in just all the mundane activities of life. There's no need to create shock value. I think you're amazing anyway with what what you've got going on right now. You don't need to create some scenario to to just get a reaction, so to speak. And that becomes really important. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I love that. That's 
that's really, really well said. And I think that that's an important thing to be looking at. And then I think the what we talk about all the time, the course correction. If you mm. if you've got a kid that's older, you haven't built this, you know, trust and you're like, oh, shoot. OK, now I can see what's happening to have that sit down. You know, mm-hmm. we've been doing some things wrong. You've been doing some things wrong. We're going to make a course correction. Mm-hmm. We really want to trust you. It's going to take us some time, but we actually need to be doing some things differently, too, because we're realizing that the way we respond to your lying isn't helping. Right. You know what I mean? So looking at everybody's responsibility here and how do we how do we start to make the shift toward the home dynamic that that we all want? Yes, I think that becomes extra critical with the older ones who are able to have more of a rational dialogue about it and understand, oh, this hasn't been working. Here's what it's going to look like now. And they deserve to know what it's going to look like. So they are set up for success. They can't meet an expectation they don't know about. So particularly if you're changing an expectation, they've got to have the heads up. Here's what's going to be happening now. Here's what we expect. And it's really important to have the conversation with kids, even from a young age, they can understand the concept of how hard it is to build and how quick it is to tear down. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like a game of Jenga. I mean, things can be very unstable and you have to build, build, build. But if you have every single piece in a Jenga game altogether, it's really actually quite sturdy. But when you poke holes in it because of a lie here and there, oh my goodness, the whole thing can tip and it is absolutely a challenge to rebuild it. So we also talked a lot about that impact, how it takes a lot of truth to build trust, but it can take just you know, one lie to kind of tear it apart. And now I'm going to probably be questioning everything you say for a little bit until we get a track record going again. Mm-hmm. And that becomes really important for them to understand, too, that it's not like, well, now I lied once, but then I told the truth once. We've evened it out. Yeah. It takes way more than that to rebuild. Well, and that's sort of back to what we were saying at the beginning, but why you want to be praising and celebrating every truth, because then you are also building mm-hmm. that Jenga of truth is so important. Truth yes. is so important. Truth is so important. Truth is so important. Um so that they're feeling that too. Like how many times we need to be praising and rewarding and celebrating to to really build that foundation. And they get to see that then it's a joint. You're both playing the game. So they put on a stick, if we're using this Jenga analogy, when they tell the truth, you put one on by really being grateful for that. Thank you so much for telling me. I really appreciate that. Then they put one on when they're responsible, come home on time or whatever, and you put one on, I really appreciate that. You know what, I'm going to let you stay out later next time. Or you have no curfew at all, like in your case, or with my kids, once they turn 16, we don't do, we don't curfews. And so just to build, but but again, that comes with the responsibility of then I'm expecting them to communicate so that mm-hmm. it's not just I have no idea when I'm going to see them. We're talking about what seems reasonable for based on what you have going on maybe tomorrow morning. Like if you know you need to get up in the morning, what time do you think you should this activity, when does this activity end? What would make sense for staying, how long you would stay afterwards? It becomes really comfortable to have a dialogue. So now they're seeing it's team building. We're building the tower of trust together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There is one little piece of this that I want to touch on because I do have one of my children, who I won't out, (laughs) one of my children um, does not lie. However, they are very sensitive and create um, narratives in their head about the experiences they have in life. And we all do this, Mm -hmm. right? We're at the grocery store I mean, I think I talk about this on the emotional intelligence episode, but you know, we're at the we're at the grocery store and the checker's rude, and we somehow think that we did something wrong, or we're looking at ourselves, and you know, we've got some weird story in our head. Mm. And if anybody who's ever been in therapy has heard this, like, you know, you've got a story in your head about who you are, what you look like, what kind of relationships you're worthy of, you know, blah blah blah. Right. We all have these stories. So one of mine 
because they're so sensitive, creates these stories really vividly. And sometimes we've had communication situations where I'm trying to figure out, I know they're not lying. For them, it's very real because it's based in the story. Yeah. Um, but it's really a misperception on their part. So so-and-so said this to me. And then when we whittle it down, it's like, well, they didn't say that. That's how you interpreted what was said to you based mm. on the story you have in your head about yourself, your friends, oh. your body. Does that make That's sense? That's tricky to pull apart, though. It is tricky to pull apart. But it's also really important that you're kind of – I mean, we talk about separating feelings and behavior. Mm-hmm. This is one of those, like, separating the word lying from misinterpretation, miscommunication, because that happens. And sure. we actually have to teach our kids – Sometimes people misunderstand each other. Sometimes people misinterpret things. So, you know, being aware of that, especially if something's being relayed to you, you know, that yeah, it, you're getting it third hand or second yeah, hand. Like yeah. Kids speak. I was just talking to a friend of mine on the phone the other day about this, how like you have to like disentangle kids speak to get to what's really going mm-hmm. on. So just to be aware of that, that, you know, being cautious that you're not jumping on something because it's well, technically it wasn't exactly what was said, but realizing that for your child, that may have been how it was received. Um, And so helping them distinguish between, okay, you know, we as human beings do create these stories. It's important for you to be aware that we do that as humans. Mm -hmm. Um, This sounds like a story you've got in your head that's very real to you. I wonder what it would look like if the story looked this way. You know, how would you have interpreted it if this was the story in your head? If this was someone you saw as a friend, would you have interpreted that differently? If this was someone you saw as an enemy, would you have interpreted Mm -hmm. it differently? You know, to help them pull those things apart too. So, I mean, it's a little bit tangential, but also important because, again, we're trying to build this feeling of trust and giving our kids the benefit of the doubt I think is so important that at least at the beginning of your relationship with your child you give them the benefit of the doubt you know innocent till proven Mm -hmm. guilty so until they're lying to you all the time we really want you to believe them and trust them and and take their words seriously if they say to you that boy hit me on the playground you have to trust that until they've shown you that they're not trustworthy because that's how you continue to build that trust. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty nuanced too because another another thing that went along with this that I was thinking about while you were talking is sometimes kids will say they did something and they actually really didn't remember it correctly. And so we had a policy where we would allow I forgot, but only once if it was for the same so that we didn't end up with a pattern and they could just get out of it. Like, oh yeah, I already packed my backpack. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I I forgot. Because that can be a, like a sneaky way that they can get a lie in. And so everybody forgets things sometimes mm-hmm. and there has to be grace for that and room for that. But if we saw a pattern, we would just remind them, you know, in our family, I forgot is not an excuse. We all make mistakes, but it can't be the way we get around telling me something different, you know? So I really am glad you brought that up because it might seem tangential, but the nuanced pieces of this, if someone is interpreting something differently, if someone's using an excuse like I forgot, there's other ways to lie besides just I said something that was flat out not true. And I think it's also about encouraging a home environment where being sneaky is just not worth it. They don't even want to be because there's more to lying than just the verbal. There's sneaking around, being deceitful. The way in which you do something, you know, can be a really big one. For instance, maybe in your family, 
piercing isn't a big deal. You're going to be fine if your child gets their ear pierced or their nose pierced, but they did it behind your back. Well, that's different. Now we've got sneakiness involved. And so it might be, you know what, because of how you did it, it's not the what, Mm -hmm. it's the how you did it. You know what, that piercing is actually going to have to come out. We're going to have to have some conversations and maybe there's even other consequences. But I think that's important to recognize too, is that when you're talking about creating this environment of trust, it's also an environment where I don't even want to be sneaky. I'd rather just be out with what's going on, not only because my parents are safe people, but just the home environment is such that we don't need to sneak around. We can just be real. And I I always wanted a home that was like that, where it was just fine to be authentic and they didn't want to be sneaky. And I'm I'm saying, you know, I'm not this didn't make me immune to it. Like I said, I had the thing where I would check in the room and there'd be light under the covers. It was like, what's going on? You know, <laughs> we had those little moments where we had to talk through the sneaking and and there I think all kids kind of try it at some point or just at least kind of push the envelope of like, what what exactly can I get away with? But this is why it's so important that the boundaries are there and that they find that they're firm when they test them out. So the nuances are important. I don't think that's a tangent at all. It's essential. Oh, good. Lying doesn't just look one way. Well, no. And I and I think one of the things that I I think goes with that that I really want to make sure I'm, I'm saying clearly is that it, this starts with the parents. This is on you first. This is on you to demonstrate to your child that they are worth believing because this is the other way this can go sideways is if you are always doubting your child when they are telling you the mm-hmm. truth, it becomes a whole lot less likely that they're going to feel compelled to tell you the truth. And I see that with parents sometimes where their their first reaction is that it must be that their kid is lying or it's their kid's fault or, you know, instead of that advocacy piece yes. of like, you are worth believing I trust the words that come out of your mouth. And then if there's a situation where, hmm, well, that was different, right? Or that was more of a lie or, you know, talking about, okay, now we have a little bit of a breakdown of trust. I want to make sure we get that back. So let's talk through why that didn't quite work for me, even if it wasn't a bold-faced lie, if it was a misinterpretation or, you know, Absolutely. an exaggeration or whatever it is. But it, it does. It has to start with us saying, when you speak to me, I take that as your truth. Because it's their truth, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Believing, like err on the side of believing. I mean, I think that's really good in terms of kind of a recap as we're saying, you know, it really is up to the parents to create the environment where trust is fostered and truth is rewarded. Mm -hmm. It's also important to stay out of the ditch on either side where you assume your child is being dishonest or where you go so far as to go, well, it's normal. It's not a big deal. Normalizing it to the point of it's fine. So watching out for those extremes. And then that third piece is, is it is worth paying attention to the nuances. Are they maybe doing something different with interpretation because of their own narrative or their own self-talk or what they've got going? Or is it, hey, is this a new way they've invented to kind of have an excuse for things? We've got to pay attention to the subtle. I think there's different shades of lying. And it's really important that we're aware of that. But this is so much about the you laying the foundation. I mean, you, you've you got to, you get to be the leader here, like we talk about all the time and, and the uh, modeling, of course, please be honest yourself. But it's also leading the way in terms of like, oh, this, this is a place where I want to be telling the truth. And so those are, I mean, because we've talked about a lot of things, but I just wanted to kind of like bring it back home. Like these are some important things to take away. You get to really have so much say in how this looks in your house. And your your kids wanting to tell you the truth is largely about how you've created the environment to do so. I mean, that's a perfect wrap up. And I think for anybody who is just listening to all of that, which is all of you, um, don't miss that modeling piece. 
because that's actually so important, right? If you're constantly lying to your kids, it makes it a lot harder for that trust to be maintained. So just be aware of that because that modeling is really important and and sets the tone for we're working together. We're both that's doing right. this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's it goes extra for ever encouraging your children to lie. I actually know parents who've told their kids, you know, say you're this old so the movie ticket's oh, cheaper yes, and stuff like that. Totally. Are you kidding me? I mean, really, if, how can you expect them to then not try and get into that R-rated movie in a few years? They just learned it's totally fine to try to pull one over on people and lie. And so I I, I agree. I mean, we the modeling piece is essential. It yeah. can't it can't be just shoved off to the side. Like, yeah, just don't lie. Like, really, be the example of this and what it looks like and being honest. Exactly. The last thing I want to say before we wrap up and give the amazing quote today is to also think very carefully about the size of your response to mm -hmm. lies. Because sometimes when that response is so big, not even lies, truths as well, right? Mm -hmm, when they come mm -hmm. to you with something bad, yes. think about your the size of your response. Because if it is big and scary and overwhelming, they are going to want to avoid that feeling again. So this is one of those times where I know you talk about this, like you have to put on your best Oscar winning face, my I'm not surprised face. This is one of those mm -hmm. because by doing that, by staying calm and allowing yourself to move through it peacefully and gently and lovingly, you are so much more likely that they're going to keep coming to you with things. Thank you for that. It's so important. And I'll piggyback as a former liar that even that, like you said earlier, even big negative attention will sometimes be welcome to someone who's going for attention. They're mm -hmm. like, I'll take it however I can get it, positive, negative, however. But also particularly if they've chosen to be vulnerable and honest with something that you would have rather not heard, make sure that at least on the outside you look like calm and, oh, I'm just so glad you shared that with me. Even if inside you're like, oh my gosh, are you serious? What just happened? You're swearing on the inside. Yes, yes. <laughs> swearing on the inside. We haven't said that in a while. Yes. Okay, this is so true. It kind of goes back to that Jenga thing and how easy it is to break. So the quote today, and and honestly, this is so funny. I was trying to search for who could get credit for it, and it literally came up as like, well, this is an Instagram tagged as a meme. Okay, so I'd like to give credit to Instagram meme. <laughs> You're being so honest. I am. I'm really being honest. But this is so true and so good. So true. <laughs> Oh gosh, so punny! I'm I've become like the dad jokes. We uh, like worn off on you. I know it's problem. terrible. He is really having an impact. Here's the quotey quote: "Tell a lie once, and all your truths become questionable." Truth bomb. Hashtag truth bomb. <laughs> Well, thanks for being with us, listeners. We hope that was helpful. And if you do have kids that are kind of dabbling in lying or dipping a toe into this, we hope that you can kind of think about some of the stuff we said today and, and nip it in the bud and create that safe and trustworthy home for everyone involved. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram if you haven't already, at Future Focused Parenting. Thanks so much for joining us. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded in my laundry room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.